When vision fails, direction is lost. When direction is lost, purpose may be forgotten. When purpose is forgotten, emotion rules alone. When emotion rules alone, destruction, destruction. This is a quote from Octavia Butler, um, whose birthday we celebrated last week on the 22nd. Um, this was from Earthseed, the books of the living. And it is a very, very irrelevant quote, I would say. Welcome back to another week of A Movement Worker's Guide to Astrology. It is your host, Imani, um, and we're going to be talking well, about another eclipse. Um, I know the last time we spoke was at the beginning of cancer season in which we had that solar eclipse at zero degrees cancer. Um, and we are now experiencing a lunar eclipse um, this coming weekend on the 5th of July. Um, so mere hours uh, after the end of what is observed as Independence Day in the United States. It is definitely a very... Um, it's another cranky moon um and it definitely speaks to the quote that we just shared because so much of it is about what we feel um what we do with what we feel what we do when we don't feel what we need to feel you know all of those things it definitely um a really large theme for cancer season is of course emotional resilience and we're coming into a part in which we realize uh, that for the future, um, emotional resilience is required and that we collectively have a long way to go when it comes to being emotionally resilient for one another um, and feeling for one another and knowing where we start and end um, emotionally um, and how that can blur uh, the vision of the future or it can clarify the vision of the future so since last time we spoke um, Mars has entered Aries um, we are halfway through Mercury retrograde it will be over in about two weeks so by the time that we get to the last quarter moon um, right before our final new moon for this season um, and so it is honestly, uh, uh, it, it's crunch time and it's a really intense time for the world and for ourselves, of course. So today on June 30th, we're experiencing the second Jupiter, um, Pluto conjunction, uh, which I had spoke about back in April. I have a, um, a talk about that that you can find in the link in my bio on my personal Instagram which is you woman you um the way that I looked at it is mining and recycling so it is truly about really delving into um the depths of the collective and individual um unconscious to see what kind of lies there that needs to be transmuted what is down there that we've buried 
um, what is down there that has been um, buried because we were told to, to put it there because it has no value, um, as well as the things that we discarded because we thought that they were not of value. Um, all of these things, of course, in relation to what larger systems that are becoming a lot more uh, unsustainable day by day and being able to dig in and find the ancestral um, systems and structures, um, especially, again, ones centered around healing and emotional resilience um, that are ultimately going to help as we work to set ourselves free. Um, so the thing is, um, you know, there's an Angela Davis quote that I can't remember right now, but it's, you know, liberation of people starts with the liberation of the mind, which is what, you know, a lot of this work that we talk about on this podcast is about is really having an idea of where you, you know, where you are, um, and where there is more work to be done so that you can fulfill and and serve your purpose um, in a way that is fulfilling to the world and to and is in alignment with the liberation of all people. So this is a a time in which we're digging up a lot of things. A lot of the things that we've discovered at the bottom of this mind are collective rage and anger and we've even seen hope um, and we've seen the reemergence of so many, so much knowledge and information um, from people who have been within the tradition, if we're speaking of traditions, um, the tradition of liberation um, for far longer than many of us have been alive. So being able to really tap into that wisdom, I've definitely found for myself that um, things that emerged or seemed to be important um, at the beginning of the year as this aspect was um, becoming direct or uh, becoming more powerful, um, definitely seeing what traditions and what lines of tradition within my ancestry um, are worth really tapping into um, as I find my own particular role to fulfill um, within this greater uh, movement towards healing and liberation of all. So there were a couple of different things um, that I wrote down that seemed to be very important. There was this post about practicing imaginative hygiene. Um, and so the questions that I wrote um, in relation to that are, what is your imagination practice? How do you actively resist the war on your imagination? Neptune just went retrograde, so it, it is really about being very keen to what your imagination practice is, especially now that we're in the process of imagining um, the future and knowing that we are discouraged from imagining and being able to understand and see why. So there is a big learning curve um, that's there as well. Be ready to be held accountable. Find your words now. 
So there have been a lot of different conversations around accountability. One of the things that's happening this week um, on July 1st um, is that the Saturn is re-entering Capricorn. And so if Saturn and Aquarius was about knowing our responsibility to the future and how we are to be held accountable to the creation of the future, whether we are conscious or unconscious of our role within it, the the thing about um, this reorientation right now is that we're supposed to be as conscious as possible of what type of world that we're, we're creating. And so that requires us to have an awareness of exactly where we are um, when it comes to the things that are emerging, which we'll kind of talk a bit more about um, when we get into talking about the eclipse. One of the other things that kind of um, inspired me, um, Marcella Kroll and the full-time witch had this um, spell video that they did um oop on uh, about 3 days ago about releasing patterns of like survival and unhealthy attachments and being betrayed and you know other things that uh, arise from like mother and father wounds which I'll, I'll kind of talk a bit about um I wanted to talk a bit about the the emperor card, um, but definitely go look that up. I'll link it in the um, description box, uh, but I think that may be useful and helpful for you all um, to speak those words out loud, um, to be able to um, navigate this really intense Uh, lunar eclipse that we're about to have this weekend right it's a lunar eclipse that means things have to go and you know I know for myself it's more about like thoughts and and ways of talking but I know for some people you know things and people will physically have to leave your life and that will be very difficult actually I don't know it could be a lot more difficult than that we will see um what so the other group of questions that I had which speaks to this perfectly it's really weird I wrote these questions before I wrote about the astrology um just by taking kind of like a sneak peek I was like let me just kind of intuitively see what I can find um do what you know do you know what wounds you are creating from what structures are you operating from where do you need to relinquish power and that one that particular question was from um Adrienne Marie Brown and uh one of her posts that she had um which I will also re uh link in my bio as well uh one of the things that Alice Barkley Cat posted in their post about Mars and Aries was practicing healthy fear which is uh, we will also talk about that too um the <laughs> if this really spoke to um, for me, some of the things that I think we need, we absolutely need when we're co-creating the future. So we need a lens to identify the presence of the past. Um, we need the willpower to dismantle and resist. Um, we need an imagination. And so to practice imaginative hygiene to 
curate and cultivate an imagination practice. And we need to know our people. You need your people. So who are your people? This is one of the questions that we had last time, right? So it's, it'll be incredibly important. These people are important because you need people to be um, accountable to. Um, you need people to uh, hold accountable, but also to hold yourself accountable. You need people to feel safe. You need people to find your place and your role. Um, and so, again, who are your people? The need to protect yourself spiritually and physically. So this is going to be a bit woo to share, but like I think it's important. <laughs> this is something um, that uh, a couple of different things have put in perspective for me, um, including my dad. So one thing that I think we all know that's happening right now is fireworks um, going off in major cities. Um, if you don't know about that, I'll be sure to link that in, in the bio. Um, in addition to, and so it, it is, as you all know, a form of psycho-spiritual warfare um, that people are using um, against folks um, in largely um, in metropolitan areas um, in which, of course, they, they rely heavily on the police. Another thing that people have talked a lot about that I've also heard a couple of different people talking about in videos is the presence of planes, um, specifically military planes that are flying very low. Um, again, this, you know, is a, another form of psycho-spiritual warfare because it lets you know that you're being watched, right? Um, in addition to that, some of the other things that we can see manifesting in our physical reality. Um, lots of people are losing their jobs, right? People, <laughs> all of our favorite internet detectives and FBI agents are finding these Karens and Kens who are out here saying and doing racist, terrible things to people and they're losing their jobs, right? Um, and I think it's important to know that all of the things that I just mentioned are things that are responses to backlash, but as well as things that will produce backlash as well. So it's very important for you at this time to create a spiritual practice, if you don't have one already, to protect yourself, um, as well as making sure that you are physically protected as well. So again, going back to who are your people, your people will keep you safe. Um, just being very vigilant and aware of what's happening um, within your community um, and having your sources of information readily available that will let you know if things that are unsafe um, are happening um, or ways to make sure that you are safe, right? And I think we all have been doing a very good job of that given what's been happening at protests. So definitely kind of keeping one ear to um, the ground um, or being in connection to somebody who is, um, so that you are aware of that. <sighs> Those are the inspiration downloads, whatever we'll call them for this particular episode. So again, going back to, actually, I need water. I'm going to take a break real quick. 
and I will come right back. Hey there, you're listening to the Movement Workers Guide to Astrology to help support the production of this podcast and its creator, yours truly. I invite you to make a sustaining donation to my PayPal or book a reading. All proceeds go towards equipment, software, and an occasional workshop to enhance your listening experience. All of that information can be found in the description box. Thanks for listening. Okay. 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 I'm back. So again, as I had said before, so July 1st is when Saturn retrograde enters Capricorn. So it, it is providing an opportunity to examine what we need to fix um, structurally within our lives. So the past traditions and institutions that hold us back from creating the future that we envision. Um, so I, you know, I've mentioned again to reference Alice Sparkly Cat and their way that they define the Capricornian, um, family. It's talking about, you know, the things that we don't do, um, or that we do because we're trying to do them for our family. Um, you know, the, the type of work that we do or the work that we don't do or the amount of money that we feel like we should make. And, you know, the pressure to be a part of the rat race, the pressure to um, play into and exist within systems and with, exist within the rules that currently um, apply, right? Um, and so it, it is examining for ourselves where we feel, where there are self-imposed limitations around what's possible um, in the future. And so it does require us to... Um, take a, take a step back, um, and re-examine whatever house that it's, uh, retrograding through for you. So it's went backwards from Aquarius, which is the place that you're developing and will be working really hard at, um, as we move, as Saturn moves into Aquarius at the end of the year. And so now it's really about tying up loose ends when it comes to the Saturn, um, in Capricorn transit, right? So it, it's, Again, it, it, Saturn is always about self-imposed limitations and, and scarcity. So it is a, an opportunity to examine where is our scarcity mindset um, and the scarcity programming um, within our society really leaking into what we feel is, is possible within our personal lives, within our familial narratives, and also in um, the greater world as well. I want to take the time to talk a bit about the emperor. So 2020 is an emperor year. If you're wondering how I figured that out, if we add two and two together equals four and four, um, the number four is one. It's about stability, um, and structure and discipline to various Saturnian themes, but it also is the number of the emperor card in the major arcana. So there is this really big, break away from, um, paternalism, um, that we also see during Saturn retrograde, uh, retrograding back into Capricorn. And I, I definitely would say also because the, oddly enough, the, um, as I mentioned with our solar eclipse that we had last week or two weeks ago, it was on father's day, which was very odd to me. Um, but also, you know, I was like, there must be some sort of symbolism here. So it definitely is collectively this really 
amazing and beautiful time in which um, the divine feminine is is coming into power and we're able to balance out um, the more feminine aspects of society and community. We're able to re-envision womanhood and expand what womanhood looks like um, and being able to radically shift and change our relationship to paternalism and paternalistic structures within our society. Um, so that is a really big theme with Mars in Aries as well as Saturn in Capricorn, where both of those signs lie. Um, so it is, you know, at its best, the emperor, you know, it, the thing that comes to my mind that has been said in my head multiple times all week um, is that the emperor must fall, the emperor must fall, the emperor must fall, right? That's the thing about the emperor archetype because it is so deeply connected to the tower um, is that there has to be this realization that, you know, an emperor cannot be in power forever. A leader cannot be at the, the front of everything forever. There is a time to retire. There is a time to, to step down. There is a time to find someone new. There is a time to inspire other people to take on the roles that you have and for everyone to carve out their unique position of leadership within the community because one person cannot do it all and one person shouldn't try to do it all and make the rules for everybody, right? And then, of course, it's very punishment-based um, when said individual is not able to do so. So I definitely think this will be a really big turning point when it comes to with, within our country. A lot of what I've thought about is when it comes to career politicians. So we will kind of see um, as the year unfolds. Um, election season is during the next water sign season, which is Scorpio season. Um, so that will be very interesting to see and witness, especially since um, Mercury, um, Mars will be retrograde um, in Aries during that time. So we'll have that opportunity to again, re-examine that relationship to um, paternalism through the Aries lens and the individualist, I'm in charge, I'm the boss, um, how that impacts some greater, larger themes um, within our country once we get there. To talk more about the eclipse, so again, it's happening on July 5th. It will be at 12.44 a.m. Eastern Standard Time from Washington, D.C. Um, it is a lunar eclipse. I'm not sure what type of moon it is. Full moon on July 5th. It is a full buck moon. Interesting. Oh, I've seen so much deer medicine this week. And deers, uh, deers, <laughs> deer is, um, is a medicine that is deeply related to grace, um, beauty, and harmony. Okay. As summer peaks, the velvety antlers of male deer, which first sprout in early spring, finish growing, forming pointed tips and hardening in their final glory. The sight of their magnificent racks <laughs> against the summer sky led to the name Full Buck Moon. Um, let's see... But like, what does that mean? It's when the antlers 
emerge on deer buck's forehead at this time so it it because the um, let me think about this for a second so they are a symbol of uh, spiritual superiority but i think it's also important to mention that they um it, they look very wandish so they kind of to me speak to how we can use our tools and our our gifts per se especially those of of a creative uh, of creative use um spirituality and creativity are deeply interconnected of course um to against other people so i think the spiritual superiority or in this instance standing within your light um and staying in alignment with the ultimate and i guess kind of like divine use of your tools of your knowledge of you know your spiritual gifts and you know those don't have to be like clairvoyance or anything like that like you and the things that you offer to this world whatever it may be if you're a fisherman or like you make plant medicine or you're a nurse whatever it may be those those are your spiritual gifts right um the in addition to the more i don't i guess mundane pieces of ourself when it comes to like being someone who is um understanding or being someone with an open mind um, or being persistent or resilient or being someone who is reliable, all of those pieces as well um, that are a part of the expression of our ultimate gifts and help us to use them in a way that is aligned with our highest good as well as the highest good of other people, right? So it kind of, to me, it, it speaks to a, a cycle a part of a cycle in which we come into this awareness of these pieces of ourselves. And I don't think it will be so explicit um, in the, in the onset, because it will likely be very difficult and very abrasive and in our face in which these things that um, we will likely perceive as um, difficult um, or obstacles actually are indeed just parts of ourselves that need to be integrated um, so that we can, again, use them um, for the their purpose. So the lunar eclipse, um, it's also important to note that this moon is also sometimes called the thunder moon, which I like because I was thinking about the tower. This, this, um, this, I don't know what's about to happen this weekend, but this, um, definitely gives me tower vibes. Um, and the tower of course is a card in which there is upheaval, um, and in which things, uh, fall apart and it is, um, a bit dividing and it kind of sends things into two very different directions. So I feel like whatever is happening, there will be a very clear cut, um, timeline, um, and direction, uh, that is created, um, based on whatever is happening this weekend. So the moon, which is representative of the past is obscured by the earth, which is representative of the present. You are called into awareness of the consequences of actions, inactions, thoughts, 
and behaviors. Full moons typically result in integration or falling apart of relationships between things. I am definitely encouraging you all to move towards integration. (laughs) There is a breakaway from the past to embody the lessons of the present to propel you towards the future. The pieces of the past that do not need to be carried into a new cycle, culmination of a cycle, abrupt, sudden endings to make space for new. We will start by talking a bit about the symbol for the moon then since that is what is kind of most important um so it's a an ancient bass relief carved in granite remains a witness to a long forgotten culture this is um a symbol that we've read before for some other reason um what is a bass relief Interesting. So like the things that you see on the walls of like the Azurians um, or in ancient Rome that are like carved into like um, the Parthenon or even the walls in, um, in ancient Egypt. So it's about relics of the past. Um, so I think we can imagine that we will continue to see some of the things, historical relics of the past disappear um, over the next couple of weeks, especially since they're talking about carved granite. It's likely that more statues are about to start coming down, either because they were taken down by the government or because someone else has taken them down. Um, The keynote, the will to unearth in our culture as well as in any culture, what has permanent value and let go of non-essentials. In this fourth stage symbol, we are shown the procedure which enables us to gain a deep and thorough appreciation of social cultural processes in their most enduring forms. What is needed is a penetrating and courageous insight founded upon a valid historical perspective. This applies to the past of an individual's life as well as to the history of a nation or a group. To speak to it in relation to an individual life as we're seeing these relics and things being taken down as we're seeing these calls to defund the police and to stop the presence of police in um, communities um, in a way that is making them unsafer and causing uh, intentional and legal and crafted systems of harm it it's being able to see where that also exists inside of you, right? So there are monuments um, that are existing outside of us that remind us of and keep us collected to the past. And even though we can say that they are a part of history, they're keeping alive pieces of our history that we know exist and that need to be um that are deemed in a sense non-essential and do have to be cast aside and let go of um, for us to move into the future. And I think it's important to think about what those things look like within your personal life as well. Um, What historical perspective, especially when it comes to family narratives and stories, generational narratives and stories um, within your personal life that kind of have to just be And then to kind of talk about um, 
So the moon is in detriment in Capricorn. And so it feelings, what are feelings, right? And so it it makes it very difficult to process uh, what's happening um, emotionally, since there is so much that has to be kind of let go of in an emotional sense. That's very difficult to kind of make sense of because the the function of of the planet is centered around one building um and and structuring and making things a bit i guess permanent or trying to control what's kind of happening for us emotionally um and and this theme of kind of control is something that i definitely see all throughout the chart And it will definitely manifest by you trying to, whether it be control people outside of you um, or control yourself or feeling out of control, given the things that you're seeing um, on television or in your neighborhood or or wherever it may be. Um, So some of the aspects. um, Well, let me just talk about the the other symbol. So the sun, which is talking about the direction that we're moving towards. So a very old man facing a vast dark space to the Northeast fulfillment in transcending in transcending and changeless wisdom. Um, as the, as this fourth stage symbol is the fivefold in the fivefold sequence, there is a usual, as usual, a hint of technique implied is that by consistently and for a long time meditating on the changeless and spiritual reality at the very core of all experiences, one can attain the supreme and age-old wisdom. We see in the symbol a way beyond appearances and towards permeance, I'm sorry, permanence in truth. Um, And so to, to kind of delve into what, what I take away um, from that. So this, um, the symbolism of the Northeast, I was like, what is that? It's uh, Masonic. Ooh, interesting. Um, We're not going to go there, but anyway, you can look into that yourself. But um, it is Masonic, and I guess the, um, the wise or grandmaster or whoever is, is in that corner of the room and you face him when you enter the room in their uh, tradition. I could be wrong about that. Please correct me if I am. Um, and so it is the process, um, or structure or system created in sustaining a particular ceremony practice technique in which you reach um, that wisdom again, supreme and age old wisdom, permanence in truth. So it's, it, it, to me, it, it's, it speaks a little bit to, I'm thinking again about Vipassana meditation, which I talked about on here about a thousand and one times, um, in which there, the achieving of enlightenment, um, you're literally doing the same exact posture over and over and over again. Um, to be able to come into the understanding and the witnessing on a very physical level um, that 
all is 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 a in relation to suffering and it is possible to alleviate suffering and learning that all is um that the you know the only thing that is permanent um in truth is that everything will always change I, I, it feels like that's the wisdom that's there is that you the only thing um, that we know the only kind of like stable fact <laughs> and truth is the idea of change changes forever in the words of Octavia Butler change is God let me find the quote Another one from Earthseed. Amazing. Amazing. God is change. It's the first tenet of Earthseed. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. And of course, the thing about the Capricornian archetype is like, no, like we are building things that last forever. This is tradition. We will continue to operate in this space forever. And it's like, no, that's not tradition. Like, no, we can't do that. You know, cancer, the sea, the ocean, the tide. It is never the same. The same, the ocean that you return to each day is never the same. It's different water. Have you ever thought about that? It's also something I learned during Vipassana meditation. Even you can return to the same road. You can return, you can take the same route to work every single day and it is never the same. What? Oh my gosh. And so it's having to know that even with historical perspective, we can carve things, we can create monuments, we can do whatever it is that we want to. We can continue to exist in a same cycle forever and ever and ever again because we are afraid to move past it and things will still change it's the i think this is the the thing about this lunar eclipse is things are changing are you going to change with them or are you going to be stuck in the past um is what we're asking so it again is either going to be the an integration of that awareness or the falling apart of that of existing relationships would come of that um it will be hard fought um we have sun combust mercury um so there is a set and they're in sextile to um uranus so it definitely is this energy that is very extremist um and anarchist and there is this sense of vitality that people will want to seek um and need um from from freedom and and independence there is this energy of free speech and radical thought um and it also provides the opportunity to come into an understanding of something um but if the ego goes unchecked we can be ruthless with our words and use them to intentionally hurt other people it is very kind of um so 
<laughs> all of these uh, there are a variety of different things being protested in the world right now we'll just say that um and you can expect that they will all utilize these um planetary energies right so it definitely is a weekend in which people will likely speak your mind or you'll feel the need to um and and with that i think it's very easy for people to become very upset um, and angry with the things that people are saying. Um, but there is, it's very possible that it'll be very difficult to, to process things emotionally. And there may be a desire to kind of put a cap, um, on what, <laughs> put a cap with the moon and cap, um, on what we're feeling because we want to remain in control and we want to st- feel as if we're in control of what's happening around us what's happening inside of us as well so we can put a wall around what we're feeling um and so i I ask that you um lean into that um a little bit uh, when you have the opportunity to and and be curious and ask yourself questions when when that is emerging for you um, and this will be in the days leading up to the eclipse and a couple of days after that you may feel this energy. Some of these aspects will become a lot more exact um, in the days after the eclipse and will be a little bit more intense. Mercury will be in a square to Mars and Chiron. So there are lots of angry words. Um, it's definitely a very argumentative energy and it's one that's very... Um, can be kind of cutthroat, passionate, or very angry about what they're saying. I'm someone who has Mercury conjunct Mars, so I'm very familiar with this energy. There is no filter with this. Um, It's definitely not an energy of watching what you're saying. Um, And I think it adds an additional amount of anger and visceral from which people are speaking from or that we're reacting to things, um, whether it be out loud or in our minds or in the things that we're writing, if we're journaling. Um, in which uh, a lot of wounds in particular related to identity um, and our in and individualism um, or hyper individualism that exists within our society will feel tested so our personal autonomy and sovereignty will definitely feel very tested this weekend um and it may be that things feel out of our control um and the backlash to that of course on on both ends is people wanting to fight to ensure that their I guess quote-unquote piece of the pie um, remains intact so it is a very ego driven and ego heavy week it's one in which people will likely be very upset and angry if words um, and actions are not aligning fast enough um, or if they are not aligning either way so like somebody is saying one thing and doing another or if they're doing one thing and saying another um want uh what I wrote is I don't need your sympathy or your kind words so mercury is in cancer so we may be um we may see people kind of coming back and trying to empathize um and their tone kind of shift and change whether it be in one direction or the other um and it creating a little big sense of anger especially around feeling very people feeling very misunderstood Um, again, this is it, there is overall this desire to see some sort of movement or action. Um, and because it's may not be happening fast enough, 
um, or because it wasn't happening when it was that person's ideas. That's another kind of big Mars <laughs> in Aries thing. It can cause a lot of anger. Um, and again, it, speaking from our wounds and unhealed parts of ourself, but it also can be speaking from a very um, knowledgeable and I've done this before place as well what I think with the Mars and Chiron we have to remember that Chiron is also the teacher beyond the person that's being that's um, experiencing a wound so it's speaking from a place that's very familiar so it can be that the the energy especially when if you're having conversations with other people can feel a bit patronizing because it's information that you already know um, it's things that you're already sharing and with that fighting against people who are like, I want to say what I want to say, and I want to think the way I want to think, um, up against, I know this, and I know my experience, and I know myself, and I know what I need. These are some of the things that people are saying and thinking. Um, we'll add that kind of intensity um, to this. Mars is approaching is an approaching conjunction to Chiron. Um, again, as I just mentioned, and it is sextile to Venus in Gemini. Um, so selfishness, anger, um, it's I want because I can. Um, so again, as I just said, that collective wound around individualism and identity. Um, so it's an energy, of course, in which people can be very quick to be offended or to defend ourselves, especially when a core part of our being feels that it is under attack. Um, I'd say that we can use the conversation we have, whether it be in our inner dialogue or with other people, um, or with, if it's something that we're hearing, um, as an opportunity to dig deep beyond the triggered response and to tackle the things that surface, knowing that we have the capacity to deal with them, right? So I think it's really important to know that anything that's coming up right now during this time, um, I'd say more on a individual scale than maybe like a collective scale because I know that things outside of us are very difficult and hard and I do want to focus on things that we do have control over um so don't feel like you have to be the person to save or change the world <laughs> but do know that there is something that you can do for yourself that is really helpful to other people um, again, so there is so much that we can learn Venus in Gemini for, through our relationships to others, to ourselves and to our value, um, especially ones that will shed light on who um, are the people and relationships that are worth um, fostering and learning um, more uh, about um, as we, <sighs> excuse me. Um, as we are moving into this place in which we are in greater alignment to the future and releasing um, the traditions that exist within our history and within our body. We are trying to defend the traditional, the traditions and history within our body. It is time in which familiar personal and national stories emerge in our consciousness. And so it is the the again the opportunity to practice healthy fear let me read this for you from was it healthy fear was that what it was yes practice healthy fear um fear is actually a very powerful and beautiful emotion for us to strengthen and cultivate and I know that's really ironic because we're often told the opposite you know 
as I've said before, fear manifests very, very quickly. Ooh, I love this. So this is from the language of emotions. Fear and its relation to anger. If you can imagine your healthy anger surrounding you, protecting you, defining you, and constantly monitoring your behavior, you can easily see the trouble with your anger will degrade your psychological boundaries, your relationships, your personal space, and your self-respect. If your anger is not channeled properly and honorably, you'll exhibit poor psychological hygiene. In this case, your fear will need to move forward in your psyche, not to increase your intuition or fo and focus, nor to simply help you respond to change or novel stimuli, but just to help you make it from moment, one moment to the next. I have been fascinated to note that our society's depression epidemic, depression among many other things, a sign of boundary impairment, has now mutated into an anxiety epidemic. Oh, interesting. Even at the societal level, trouble with anger leads to trouble with fear. The following analogy may help illustrate my point. Imagine that you're driving a rainy night on a rainy night in a car that presents represents your anger supported boundary, while you, the driver, represents your fear. If your car is sound and free of leaks, it is if it has good tires and brakes, and if its windows are clear and the wipers work, your drive may be somewhat challenging, but not particularly daunting. When your car is in good shape, you can drive through most weather conditions without too much trouble, and if you should come upon a pothole, a darting animal, or a bad driver, the condition of your car will most likely help you deftly avoid those hazards. When your emotional realm is healthy, this is almost exactly the way your anger and fear work together. When your anger sets a good boundary and helps you define yourself in the world, your fear can pilot you through life without too much drama. However, if your car is a clunker with bad brakes, foggy windows, and old streaky wipers, you'll have to be a hyper-vigilant driver just to make it through the storm. If you can, if you come upon any hazard, your car's conditions will be a reliable, a, a real liability, and you may not make it through the trip in one piece. When your emotional realm is unhealthy, this is almost exactly the way your anger and fear work together. When your boundary is decayed and ignored and poorly maintained because you don't honor your anger, your fears will have to become hypervigilant and overly activated just to keep you upright. I think this is very interesting given the fact that, as I said, Saturn is now back in Capricorn. Um, and so Saturn would be our driver and our car would be Mars. So Mars is definitely really centered around very short-term goals and the things that we do in the, again, in the short-term in the interim while Saturn is... It's about longevity. It's about structures and things that are built to exist, right? And so it, uh, it is long-term goals um, and structures that are within our life. Fear is, of course, one of the key words that is talked about when we talk about Saturn. And in this book, it talks about how activating fear is and how fear really can help us get shit done. But again, it is being able to be, a, con able to be aware of our... Um, 
our relationship to anger, again, our healthy anger, is really what's going to allow us to take advantage of this opportunity to re-examine and fix um, our, our ultimately, our, our fears um, in relation to the future and what's possible within our own lives. So Mars in Aries is as it's being triggered so many times this weekend and over the next couple of weeks in a very difficult way, gives us an opportunity to examine our wounds to our anger wounds um, around our boundaries in particular. And I think one of the great things that um, has been mentioned is like your anger is the part of you that knows um, how you've been mistreated, but also knows how you need to be taken care of. And so it's being able to lean into your anger enough to identify for yourself what boundary is being called um, to be created, again, for the sake of emotional resilience, and also to be able to use that boundary to protect you as you use your fears to activate you towards Um, clearing up some of these um, old cycles and parts um, of our lives and these historical perspectives that we hold within our bodies and within our families that are really, that are no longer necessary. Again, they're non-essential, which I think was an ironic and funny word use um, in the year 2020. Um, But it's, it's, kind of shaking away all the the baggage it's very bag lady um energy it's like we can't be held back uh we have to be able to realize that change is is forever and and change cannot be avoided i'm gonna end this by reading again from Earthseed, um and the original quote that i started with as well as the other one that we mentioned as well as about change Don't you love how this just wrapped up so perfectly? When vision fails, direction is lost. When direction is lost, purpose may be forgotten. When purpose is forgotten, emotion rules alone. When emotion rules alone, destruction, destruction. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. Actually, there's one final thing that I'll say before I go. So I listened to the astrology podcast episode with um, Sam Reynolds. um, And they were talking, him and Chris Brennan were talking about uh, race and, and astrology. And Sam was talking about how And I think this can apply to most non-white people, but talking about like having a very clear understanding of both um, his experience as a black person, but then also um, his experience and knowledge of of the information or, or of the lives of white people as well, right? So it's, having the the perspective um, through life that provides the opportunity to have a very clear awareness of both of those things. Uh, but of course, you know, as we see in, in history and in this time right now, that there is a very big knowledge gap 
um, that white people in particular have about us, right? Um, And this made me realize something. Um, There are so many people, when we look at the intersections of our identities, that can see us a lot clearer than we can see ourselves. Um, That being said, there is something to learn from everyone. So especially when we have this energy this weekend in which everyone has an opinion and everyone has something to say and everyone cares about themselves and their own particular interests. It's being able to to peer into that and and see that there is some sort of I guess knowledge and and perspective to to gain from that. And and if you're able to practice uh your healthy anger, as it said, right? And understand where your boundaries are, but also understand where you feel the need to defend um, a part of yourself that doesn't need to be defended, right? If you're able to see past things as not an attack on you and your sovereignty as an individual um, or a core part of your identity, but as an opportunity to to learn something from someone who may be able to see something in you a little clearer than you can, right? So there is, in addition to all the, the difficult stuff that's happening, there is this opportunity to really learn from other people and learn in contrast and learn from people that you probably don't really want to learn from or hear from as well. Um, that is all. Um, I have am booking for July at this time. Please, if please email me before booking something in my calendar, um, so that you can get information about pricing and I can make sure that I have enough time to prep for your reading prior to it being scheduled. Um, and I will talk to you all next week.